0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast. Today is a solo episode and I have a topic I want to dive into and that's eight lessons from my uh, most previous fat loss phase. I think it'll be super helpful for a lot of people. But first, before I dive into that, I just want to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. So first, if you're sick of just focusing on weight loss and instead want a body recomp, then my one-on-one online coaching program is for you. I hope you lose body fat and build muscle with my body recomp training, nutrition and lifestyle methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. There's also at least one to two bottlenecks that we figure out that are keeping you from seeing the results that you want to see. And this is outside of the training and nutrition protocol. So these are things that people often overlook, right? Like you just think, oh, I need to train harder. I need to just eat less. But usually there's one or two things outside of that keeping you from seeing the results you want to see. And and obviously the coaching, we dive into that and figure out what that is. And this usually makes it, it's holding somebody back more than they they think. So if you're interested in that, I have a link um, in the show notes to check out my services. You can look, check that out, see if it's something you'd be interested in, or you can uh, reach out to me on Instagram and reach out with any questions you may have regarding the coaching. If you're not interested in that, I do one-on-one consultations where we troubleshoot any issues you have and or map out a game plan over the next couple months. Again, the link to that is in the show notes. And then lastly, if you want to learn more about a body recomp, I have my 75-minute masterclass on body recomp, what it is, how to do it, and you can find a link to that in the show notes. So next, if you can, follow me on Instagram, Jeff E H that's where I'm most active on social media. Instagram's honestly been terrible lately, getting like absolutely no reach. Is that my content? Who knows? But either way, would love a follow on there and whatnot. Plus, that's where I'm most active and you can reach out to me with any questions and or ask any questions when I do my Q. And then lastly, if you found this podcast, be helpful in any way. If you could leave a rating and review and that will help more people find this podcast. So with that out of the way, I want to dive into today's topics. I mentioned follow me on Instagram and on there, obviously post my training and stuff like that. And things I'm doing. And I haven't on here on the podcast really posted too much about that, but I did just wrap up my 2023 fat loss phase. So just to give you some like overview here of it real quick, just so you have an understanding. And, and, and if you want to learn more, you can go to my Instagram and I have my pictures and, and everything like that. And so I wrapped it up. I went from 168.5 pounds on average. So that was my weekly average to 153.7 in about 13 and a half weeks there with that. And so I yeah, just dieted through. Uh, the, the goal here was I just needed to run a fat loss phase. It had been a while um, since I ran a fat loss phase. Plus I have my wedding and then honeymoon coming up. I want to show off some of my physique and progress that I've made over the last couple of years and everything like that. The last time we went on like a, a trip like this, I was... Uh, a little on the, I was like at the top end of my building phase. So my look wasn't as great as it could have been. I just want to feel a little bit more um, comfortable there on that. But also just, it was time to run a fat loss phase. So it all lined up pretty perfectly. And then now my goal until a wedding honeymoon, which is as of today, it's 10, 11, my wedding's 11, 11. I'm going to eat at maintenance calories to fill back out a bit while maintaining most of my lateness, just because as you diet down, you start to get depleted. You just look skinny. And then once you start eating back up, you can really fill back out. However, I'm planning on eating around maintenance, so I shouldn't see weight come up uh, too much there on that. But then after the honeymoon, I will go into a, a small surplus and focus on adding muscle. In this episode today, I want to go over some lessons I learned from this 2023 fat loss phase. So I have eight. So again, wrapped up the, gave you my overview there on that first lesson here, diet breaks slash refeeds are a great tool. So I implemented more diet breaks slash refeed days this time around. Real quick on diet breaks and refeeds, they're not going to magically speed up fat loss, but they can be great from a mental standpoint training perspective and and your look as you diet down. I thought of them more as like deloads and this seemed to help take off some uh, fatigue from dying, dieting mentally and physically. Just like a deload from training helps with those things. I never really thought of them, them that way, but it's when you're training, it's like you need a deload every once in a while. So same thing with dieting as you're just low calorie, you keep going down and down, your body's going to accumulate some fatigue from that mentally and physically. It just made sense to me, hey, why don't I just try and implement a little bit more of these? I know in the research, they don't magically speed up fat loss, but they've been super helpful to help with adherence. And Mainly adherence is, is a big thing, right? It can help make the diet a little bit more sustainable long-term. Now, obviously those are days you're not in a, fat, in a deficit that could slow things down slightly. But I think from a body composition standpoint, I do think it helps. I think having these periods of times where you just complete, right, for whatever that time frame is, again, it could be anywhere from two to four weeks at a time, two to six weeks, even longer, right? Just see how you feel, see how training is, et cetera. Deplete yourself out and then take a refeed a couple of reefy days or a diet break, right? And that can help fill you back out um, mentally, give you a break from dieting and then boom, you're refreshed, ready to go. That was one thing I changed or one thing that I thought about in this fat loss phase is you can set out for a week long diet break. You can set out for five days, whatever it is, but you don't necessarily have to stick to that, right? Maybe you set out for a week, but then three to five days in, you're like, man, I feel good. You know, get back to the deficit. It probably did uh, what it needed to do there. But again, I think from a body composition standpoint, especially the leaner and leaner you are, I think these can be super helpful there, right? Because then you deplete yourself and then you replenish a little bit with a couple of days at your maintenance calories and then boom, now training improves for a little bit and you're just, your body's more glycogen storage, things like that. But it can be definitely something that you want to look at implementing in yours. How I would do it is... Go to maintenance, set your calories to your maintenance, and just add mostly via carbohydrate. You could do some fats and protein if you want, but probably it'd be best to just add in some carbohydrates there on that. You do want to be careful with not going crazy with it and, and getting into a large surplus. But if you can get back to your maintenance for a couple of days, that can do wonders and, and help extend that. Basically, make it higher quality at the times that you are dieting. So that's lesson one. Lesson two, keeping things as similar as you can from day to day. I think this is key. You don't have to eat the exact same thing every day. However, the more you can keep similar from day to day, the better. Uh, I just see too many people when they go into fat loss, they try to change things up too often. So I look at their food log and say, man, you just have no consistency here. So it's Things are different every single day. And that's fine. It can work, but it makes things more challenging. So some examples here of how you can keep things similar from day to day where it's not like, the exact same meal every single time. Eating one to two meals that are the same every day. Um, for example, like my breakfast and pre-workout meal were relatively the same the entire fat loss phase. Again, it's easy. I know what the serving size is. I don't have to think that, think about it. It's easy to track, etc. Um, So having those one to two meals that are the same each day can help give you good baseline and foundation. Eating the same amount of meals per day. This is one that I do recommend. So I ate four meals per day. And again, that takes a lot of guesswork out. It's, hey, I know I'm eating around this time and then I'm going to eat or on my workouts and then I eat at that time and that that can help you be okay with some hunger because you know when your next meal's coming versus if you're just random with it you're like oh, okay I'm hungry now so now I'm going to eat just because I'm hungry so you're a little bit more reactive to that hunger and that obviously can be detrimental to staying in a, a caloric deficit so making sure you're eating the same amount of meals per day and trying to line them up relatively similar from day to day. Get Some people don't have this that that luxury, but if you can stick to the same amount of meals, maybe you have to change it around um, a little bit, but that can be super helpful there. Having a rotation of meals that you use, maybe you don't necessarily have every single meal be the same, but you have a rotation of four to six meals. So at any one time, you just rotate them. You have two meals that you're not eating um, for a little bit of time. You start to uh, miss those a little bit get sick of a couple of meals, boom, in and out, but it's the same stuff. It can take a lot of guesswork out. Now you you already have one or two meals that are same, you're eating the same, same meals per day. There's a lot more structure here. And again, with these fat loss phases, they don't have to necessarily be super long, which makes that a little bit more sustainable. Plus, the more consistent you can keep it, the more you can be flexible on the during certain times as well. So it's I had some weekends where we had events. Obviously, things are going to be a little less structured then, but because the structure I had the rest of the time, the other ninety percent, it's like that gives you a little bit more room there to be flexible during that period of time. Another example here of keeping things the same is going grocery shopping on the same day of the week. That's just a simple thing. Okay, I know that I'm running low, but I'm going grocery shopping tomorrow. Sunday and Wednesday are my grocery days. That's when I'm going, and that takes a lot of guesswork out of. I didn't have anything prepared because I didn't have food there. It's like that shouldn't be the case, right? You shouldn't run into that issue. Um, so trying to keep things as similar as you can from day to day are going to be key. Uh, lesson three, have a general idea for when you'll stop. You don't necessarily need to have an exact date. Um, I used to think that right. Um, and this may be more more helpful if there's a vacation or event that you do need to be ready for. Obviously you'll have to have an end date there, but however, I think it's better to have a range of dates to stop versus an exact date. Reason being is things are going well. Why would you stop? So if things are trending down, you can keep going. You don't necessarily have to cut the fat loss phase off because, Oh, they say 16 weeks is the most you want to go. If you're feeling good, Push it out another week or two and see. Or if they aren't going well, you know, why keep pushing? It's, oh, I got to get to 16 weeks. No, you don't have to do that. Right. Now, there's obviously certain situations where you do need to be on top of it and are on top of it. You need to push through. If you have to cut weight for an event or something like that, like you're going to have to push through. But if you don't, it's like, why would you keep doing that? It's like trying to fit a round peg in a square hole. May have said that wrong. If so, you can make fun of me, whatever it may be. So I think having a range because, You want to have a range just because you also don't want to get into that endless, like never ending one foot in one foot out fat loss phase where it's like, Oh, I didn't have a great week. I'm going to push it out one more week. Okay. Obviously, if you keep stringing together weeks like that, you just need to end the fat loss phase. You're ready to end it. Versus, oh, I'm going to go one more week. I didn't have a great week. I'm going to go another week. Yeah, I was in here only three days last week, but I'm going to go one more. Now I'm in here in five days. You're just one foot in, one foot out. We do want to avoid that, but I don't think you need to put a hard cutoff date unless you obviously have to with a vacation or something like that. Otherwise, give it some time. Give yourself a range. So, for example, I gave myself a two to three week range of this is when I'm going to end it. It was like October second through like the sixteenth, sometime around then, I'm going to end it. Just see how I feel. I got to the point to where I was getting pretty hungry. Training was starting to suffer. I just, libido was, was lower. I just wasn't feeling as great. I was getting a little irritated. I was like, you know what? I'm done. There's no need to keep pushing this through. I'm as lean as I need to be. Let's just end the fat loss phase keep that in mind. Lesson four, training sucks compared to maintenance slash building muscle phases. You still need to train hard to maintain your muscle, but training just feels tougher and there's less motivation overall. And training is just so much better at maintenance calories or higher. You're just able to progress more. You get a better pump. You just feel good in your training versus like when you're in a fat loss diet, you just feel depleted. You can't push yourself. Everything just seems a little bit tougher. And that makes sense in terms of what it takes to build muscle. We know it's a little bit tougher in a deficit, whereas at maintenance, a small surplus, it's a little bit easier year. And again, it's just the amount of calories that you have coming in. So training definitely suffers. For some people though, they don't have this effect. I had a client be like, Hey, am I doing something wrong? I didn't necessarily feel that way. And and that's not the case. Now you might want to look at your fueling strategies during your building phases or maintenance phases. If I don't think there's anything wrong from a, a training perspective in a fat loss phase however i would look into your like maintenance phase uh, when you're at maintenance calories or a surplus i would look into your training and be like okay if you don't feel any better with this it's like could we eat a little bit more carbohydrate could we make better food choices could we time our nutrition around our workouts a, b- a little bit better those would be things that i would be uh, potentially looking at there on that so lesson five Make sure you're tracking data. Don't just weigh in randomly every few days and then judge what you do based on that and then think that's enough data to track, right? I do think you should track your scale weight. I think it's vitally important for trying to figure out the energy balance that you're in. But if you just track that, it's like you're going to get a lot of noise there. And if you're not tracking other things with it, You're going to run into some issues here in your fat loss phase. So, like I said, weigh in, but make sure you have a system with it and and also track. So, for example, and also track these things. I'll I'll talk about what those are. With the system, the weighing in system. Don't just randomly weigh in. Hey, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm weighing in first thing in the morning, post bathroom, pre food or drink. Like we want to get a system and some consistency down with that as well too. I would say, if worst case is you just don't weigh in at all. Second worst case is you just randomly. Honestly, I would almost say that just random weigh ins are going to be even worse case than that. Probably, I'd say. Uh, this we're talking bad to better here, bad. Worst case is you just randomly weigh in. There's just one day you weigh in the morning, next day you weigh in at 2 p.m. It's random, et cetera. It's different scales. That's worst case scenario. I just wouldn't even weigh in at that point. Second, worse is just not even weighing in on at all. And then third is having a system, but also not tracking anything else, right? Like it's a little bit better than those other two, but also just by itself, it's probably not the greatest metric, right? We also want to track other things, hunger, energy levels, training, steps, progress picks, measurements, right? So make sure we're tracking other data, calorie intake. These are all things that we want to make sure we're tracking here um, in this process to see. Otherwise, what's really going to be hard to know if you're dropping body fat um, at that point. So make sure you track data. Lesson six, hunger is a good sign. If you aren't ever hungry or just eat when you feel hungry, fat loss is going to be tough to come by. As hunger is a good sign, fat loss is happening. Now, this doesn't mean you should be ravenously hungry 24-7 because you do want strategies in place to mitigate hunger. But if you aren't okay with any amount of hunger, you're going to struggle. So there's two, hunger is a good thing and it can be challenging, right? So it's a weird situation to be in. If you're never hungry at all, like you're probably not dropping body fat, unfortunately, if you're always feeling satiated. So that's not great. However, hunger is low, so it's easier to manage. But um, the, the other side of it is we do want some hunger. So you do have to learn how to be comfortable with that. If you're not okay with any amount of hunger, you're going to struggle, right? I hear a lot of people be like, oh, I'm just going to have snacks ready for when I get hungry. And its I don't think that is a good thought process. I just feel like you're setting yourself up for failure there. Mm-hmm. Learning how to be a little hungry and being okay with that is a great skill to be able to have. And you don't have to do it all the time, but learning how to do that really can help with your body composition long-term. If you, again, are somebody that needs to be eating, you're not comfortable with any amount of hunger, you're just really going to have a hard time losing body fat at that point. So super important there. So again, hunger is a good sign. We obviously want to mitigate it. We want strategies in place to where you're not just ravenously hungry throughout the day, but no hunger is not great either. So yeah. Lesson six: Going more than 0.75 percent to 1 percent of body weight per week just isn't feasible for most. At this point, I would consider myself a seasoned dieter. This isn't long; I've been doing this. Like I, I've gone through many fat loss phases. I've coached many people on it. Like I have a general good idea of what needs to be done, okay? And my habits are, I love this stuff, so it like makes it easier. This is what I do for a living. So it's, I definitely have some experience here with this. And my, I lost around 0.75% of my body weight per week. And towards the end, training wasn't as great. Hunger was higher. Everything tasted amazing. And this can make adherence very challenging, okay? If you aren't a seasoned, quote unquote, seasoned dieter, this is gonna make this process 100 times more challenging. So losing more per week is going to be tough. Now, yes, I do think the body fat that you're at is gonna play a big role. Somebody who maybe you're losing closer to 1%, of body weight per week, but you're relatively overweight, you have a lot of body fat to lose because you have that more body fat. You're probably going to be able to go a little bit quicker um, with it. However, anything more than that, you are going to run into some issues here, right? And and adherence is going to be challenging. We just talked about hunger. It's a good thing, but we don't want to be super hungry. The the quicker you go, the more hungry you are, the more likely you are to go off track. And then also on top of it, like things just taste really good. So if you're not aware of this, it's going to be easy to overeat. Because trust me, there were some things I ate and I was like, man, if I wasn't aware of what the hell was going on, I would freaking just overeat the hell out of this right now because it tastes so good. And then you're hungry on top of it. Energy levels are low. So you just have all these things fighting you, pushing you away from that fat loss. So you really have to dive, you really have to dig deep into that uncomfortableness, right? This is one like kind of lesson that I've learned through fitness uh, and nutrition over the years is like that uncomfortableness, pushing like... Kind of leaning into that a little bit is super uh, important here to to really make change, right? So whether that be, I whole a ton of different lessons here. Like um, when training for muscle growth, like if you're never getting to that point in your reps and sets where it's like, oh man, I really don't want to do this. It's going to be hard. I have to push through this. You're probably not building as muscle uh, as much muscle as you want to. If you're not leaning into this hunger and like pushing through that. Hey, I really want to eat this, but I'm not going to. You're probably going to have a tough time losing body fat uh, over time, or even, and even maintaining it as well. Going, doing like podcasts and giving like talks, leaning into that. Like, hey, this is super uncomfortable. I really don't want to do this, but there's a lot of growth there with that. Same type of thing here. But if you're not aware of some of these things when it comes to the dieting side of things, it can be very challenging to stick with it. So that's why I think anything more than 0.75 to 1% of body weight per week is just going to be just too challenging for people to do if they don't have the prerequisite experience and skills and whatnot doing it. So really think about slowing down. And then lastly, you know, going quicker is also going to risk lean body mass loss, which is just going to make everything that much worse. Hunger higher, lower energy levels, more likely to regain weight and just not even in your look being worse off as well too. And then lastly, number eight, Lesson eight, avoid grazing or I'll just have one. As you lose more weight and get leaner, you will notice hunger and cravings pick up like I talked about. So making it nearly impossible to just have one, just avoid it altogether and stick to your normal meal times and regular meals. So just avoid that grazing. I can't stress this enough. Oh, I'm just going to have one. Look, when you're dieting for even a couple of days, that stuff's going to taste freaking great. And you're just not going to be able to have one. Again, this comes back to that experience that I just talked about. I know what to expect. And again, this isn't me like, bragging about any of this. I'm just giving you my experience here. I just know that if I do have one, it's gonna be really challenging to stick to that. So my the when I was making this post, the thing that I thought about was uh we had some kettle corn here, kettle popcorn, and it's pretty sweet, tasty and whatnot, sweet and salty, even worse. And I remember I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna have one. And I had one. I was like, oh my God, I freaking want more. But again, I knew what was going on. I knew why I wanted more and so I was able to again lean into that discomfort there but again if somebody has that I could see somebody who doesn't have the experience with it and the enjoyment that I do out of it it's, it's going to be tough to to say no to that so I think it's just better to say no to these things versus just grazing and whatnot and again that comes back to the just being okay with some hunger is going to be key and, and leaning into that and working through that is going to be key those are my eight lessons from this fat loss phase I hope this helps you and your fat loss phases if you guys have any questions on this follow me on Instagram ask me a question but that's it for now I will talk to you guys next time